0: It had operations. I cared about social justice, but had no idea people in the private sector did too. And I was entranced to hear corporate executives talk this way. I felt like an American exchange student hearing Italian for the first time. I fell in love with that BP. And BP loved me back. It gave me the opportunity to live in Indonesia and work on the social issues around a remote gas field. Then in China, ensuring worker and community safety for a chemicals joint venture. Then in the United Kingdom again, collaborating with colleagues around the world to better understand and support human rights. BP was paying me to help the people living around its projects, because that, in turn, would help its business. I was living the cliché of doing well and doing good, and I was completely smitten. My beloved company even let me create a pro bono project. I advised a United Nations initiative to clarify businesses' responsibilities for human rights. That initiative was aimed at creating international policy to help even more people. Then, big oil broke my heart. I should have seen it coming. During what would turn out to be the last few years of John Brown's tenure as BP's chief executive— the company had a number of terrible accidents, and Brown eventually resigned under a cloud of scandal. Tony Hayward, who was the head of the Exploration and Production Division, took over. He de-emphasized the progressive stances that Brown had staked out on human rights and renewable energy, and he pledged to focus, quote, like a laser on safe and reliable operations, end quote. It was a commitment that would be betrayed in spectacular fashion. I left BP to work on the UN project full-time, but I attributed the breakup more to what I was pursuing than what I was leaving. It's not you. It's me. Then came the Deepwater Horizon explosion and the BP that emerged in the aftermath. My former employer was portrayed not as kind and caring, but manipulative and murderous, more Macbeth than Romeo. To believe some of the news and commentary would be to believe that it wasn't all Hayward's fault, that the bad BP had been there all along, hiding in plain sight. The Deepwater Horizon explosion didn't undo the good work I had done in Asia and elsewhere, but I no longer knew what to believe. Had my nine-year relationship with BP been a sham? I looked for love elsewhere. The UN work was good for a while, but the politics and the abstraction didn't suit me the activists I saw in action struck me as passionate but impractical and relentlessly negative. They were focused on what was wrong and what couldn't be, whereas I wanted to imagine what was possible and make it happen. The more I flirted with others, the more I felt myself drawn back to business. I found the people in multinational corporations idealistic but pragmatic, earnest but self-deprecating, Appreciative of the resources, but wrestling with the responsibilities. In other words, they were just like me. And their companies were as flawed and complex as BP. They were advancing human rights in some ways and compromising them in others. The companies struggling with accelerating globalization, with technology, and with their evolving role in the world were not just in the industries whose problems have become well known— For example, the extractive industries are infamous for the environmental and social damage where they pull up resources, and footwear and apparel known for sweatshops. Now joining the debate were Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo for involvement in censorship or surveillance, Apple for sourcing from factories with poor working conditions, and banks for funding harmful infrastructure projects and undermining the global economy. Of course, business causing harm isn't new. Slavery was the engine of the U.S. cotton trade until the Civil War. The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire in 1911 killed 146 garment workers in New York City. Upton Sinclair's 1906 book, The Jungle, detailed exploitation in the American meatpacking industry. The same conditions exist today, at home and abroad. The International Labor Organization estimated in 2008 that annual profits generated from human trafficking are as high as $32 billion. A 2005 Human Rights Watch report called Blood, Sweat, and Fear, Workers' Rights in U.S. Meat and Poultry Plants might as well have been written by Upton Sinclair. In 2013, 1,100...